Hey, hey, welcome to episode number 50, the big five zero of Honsa. Peter, how are you? Very excited. Very excited? Yeah, multiple reasons, but not only because it's 50, but yeah. Yeah, the other reason I think you're excited is because we've got a good friend, long-time collaborator, the second person ever to have appeared on Honsa thrice, Mr. Anurag Tagat. Welcome to Bombay, Anurag. Glad you are with us for episode number five zero. Yeah, wow, the big 50. Yeah, I I'd, know. Like, I'd like to take credit that like, we flew in Anurag for the 50th episode, but yeah, budget, <laughs> nahi budget, hai. Nahi hai. budget nahi hai. but <laughs> I think it's like some coincidence of sorts. <laughs> sure, yeah, <laughs> it's always a nice coincidence, for sure, it's great to be here, man, like, I mean, so what is this, the, the golden jubilee already? I, I really oh, that's for years. <laughs> I really don't know. I think Golden Jubilees are like 100, 100 or 75. I don't know. It's something or the other. It's some What's weird platinum ass color. then? I mean, it's, 60. It's oh. fucking 50 episodes of Horns Up. And Fuck yeah. Let's yeah, not make it bigger than it. it is. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. This still has a long way to go. Hopefully. Oh, definitely. That's good. Okay. Yeah, man. Fuck yeah. And yes, if Anurag is here, that means we are doing an all A's. And this time it's... Something that Anurag himself has decided to focus on. So Anurag, which album is it and why choose that album? Well, I think it's one of the most definitive heavy albums across music, you know. Uh, Rage Against the Machine's self-titled debut album from 1992. And that's why I'm excited, man. I can't believe we're talking about this album. Okay, first and foremost, I knew I wanted to bring this up on an eventual Metal or Not. Hmm. Are we all three in definite uh, understanding and in different agreement that Rage Against the Machine is a metal band? Yes. 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 So fuck all you guys who say they are not a fucking metal band. They are a fucking metal band. Sorry, old schoolers. <laughs> <laughs> you boomers. <laughs> well, we are part of that. I would like to believe. Anyways, okay, so coming back to Rage Against the Machines, Rage Against the Machine. Peter, quickly, first time, kab suna? So, I'm one of those guys that actually heard Audio Slave before I heard Rage Against the Machine. Oh my god, what? one of yeah. those guys. And I'll tell you, because <laughs> I still remember buying, I think, I bought secondhand the Audio Slave uh, self-titled album. And it was all over the place, man. Radio, TV, and one of the things about that album, the way it was promoted is that members of, you know, Soundgarden and Rage Against the Machine. And for some reason, I never got into Rage Against the Machine as yet. No, it never came across. Surprisingly, because I'd already heard new metal by then, which Rage Against the Machine kind of was influential in. Again, debatable, but yeah. Totally. Uh, so yeah, once I kind of heard Audio Slave, I was like, okay. I need to check out who this Rage Against the Machine is. And then I'm assuming because, again, I was a student, <laughs> limited amount of cash. So one of my friends with high speed internet and a CD burner kind of, well, you as was, was as was the fashion. At yeah. the as was the fashion. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was generous enough to get it for me. And let's just say things were never the same again. <laughs> Alrighty. What about you, Anurag? I think it was um, listening to the whole album as a whole was... Uh, more of an eventual process. Like, I think I heard a lot of songs on their own, uh, one by one, not even, you know, like, 
let's hear this song and let's go on to the yeah, next yeah, Rage Against yeah. the Machine song. I mean, chances were like, you know, it wasn't a song that was even from that album. Yeah, same here. Yeah, I think for me, it, the first RATM song I heard was Testify because of that lovely music video. True. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was actually Wake Up because, ah. um, well, I think it's not a surprise, but I was at Channel V Launchpad. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I have stories of that time too. I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was the theme. So yeah. big ups to whoever, you know, horns up to whoever. Did thank you. That. Thank you. I'd like to not take any credit for it, but I will take credit for it since I worked on that show. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's another whole part of indie, Indian indie history. Yeah. So, I mean, when I heard Wake Up for the first time, I think it was just, yeah, I mean, I think it was a mix. It was probably a launch pad and then also it was on the Matrix yeah. soundtrack. Yeah. yeah. And I'd got that Two soundtrack. songs actually were on the Matrix soundtrack. Yeah. Um, so, it was, it was really something, you know, like just to hear something that powerful uh, that had so many movements going on. Yeah, that was really something. And then I, when I got to the whole album, it was just, um, it, was, it was quite a revelation for sure. All right. So, Rage Against the Machine, self-titled Rage Against the Machine, it was released on 3rd November 1992, which happened to be election day, the day when the United States of America went out to vote. Wow. Yeah. I don't that's think that's that was mind-boggling, right? I don't think that was a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that makes it 28 years old as of the moment. It was recorded between April to May 1992 in California, released on Epic Records, 10 songs spanning across 53 minutes. That's a lot of material to essentially talk about. So let's do it. Let's get into all A's. Starting off with track number one. Because we're talking about the bomb, bomb track. track. Yeah. <laughs> I knew you were going to do Start that. Start off. <laughs> Peter. Okay. Straight out. When you listen to that uh, which comes straight after <laughs> that intro, you'd have no idea the way, like the first time I heard it, I was like, what is going on? Like, because you, first of all, have all that expectation. Okay, you heard all of this. And then I'm curious to know where the hell this track is going. The whole shift of energy. Yeah, man. I mean, by the way, no surprises. This is an A for me for sure. Okay. But I'm going to explain why. Uh, even for me, like when I was going through the lyrics again, you know, that whole part where he says, burn, burn. Yes, you're going to burn. For mm -hmm. me personally, it was like, this is just kind of a glimpse or a kind of warning he's giving you for the rest of the album. Okay. And also one of the things about the, the entire album, and I'm going to go on like a broken record, is just the lyrics that really stand out over there. Because like when I was reading also, literally the way they've done the album is Zach had all the lyrics already somewhere written out and they married it with uh, Tom music. Morello's music. So it was kind of a mix of both. But, uh, you know, from this track, especially where he talks about, and it's kind of like the way he describes the rest of the album, really. It says, another funky radical bomb track started as a sketchbook in my note, sketch in my notebook. And now dope hooks make punks take another look. I mean, that just, if you look at those three lines itself, that kind of, or four lines, kind of describe the entire album for me, really. Say, I mean, if you just think about it, uh, the rhythm section also, man, really stands out from the first track itself. And from someone who went to listening to Audio Slave, it kind of just makes sense that, yeah, what a, this is the band. This is where they kind of started out from. Uh, yeah, and it's just a glimpse of what's coming for the rest of the album. So great opener uh, as a track itself. True, man. It's, it's cool that you said that, 
you know, you were coming from the audio slave sort of context to hear this song because, like, the first time I heard this song was on their live album, live at the oh, Grand Olympic okay. Auditorium. So, like, that was, you know, like their swan song, so yeah. to speak, yeah. supposedly. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I mean, you know, like, I think it was just um, awesome. Uh, it just blew my mind how that a band can call a track bomb track and you know just <laughs> like and just live up to it right so it's a plus 100% yeah for me too it definitely is an a plus my first ever listen to it i'm i set up, i set aside the lyrics because honestly that the entire music elements all the instruments coming together they it's the the riffs are the grooviest fucking riffs yeah i've uh. heard and i still maintain that I don't think there there has been a band that can, that has come up with such juicy groovy riffs all throughout and done it so consistently and the it gives you a complete glimpse of what a tight uh bass and drum unit yeah. can do. I mean set aside Morello's guitar work the bass and drum unit locking in together is beautiful and then on top of that you add Morello's innovative guitar playing and on top of that you add uh, Zach's vocals oh my god it is a bomb track uh, the second listen that's when you start listening that's when i started listening to the lyrics and then you eventually or at least to me it dawned that oh my god this isn't you know your stereotypical metal lyrics in that sense these yeah, guys yeah, yeah. actually are talking about very topical very they're talking about something that you can actually uh, educate yourself on very specific historical very specific references. historical stuff so adding that kind of information and making it so easy to digest and easy to easy to dance along and move along to as well i think all of that just brings it in together to make an a plus of a track for me so i wanted to know like i mean did did you hear this album like in its entirety the first time or did you like hear some songs of it and then uh I heard some songs of it and then I eventually heard all of it together. Um yeah, I think the first couple of songs I heard of it it wasn't bomb track but by the time by the time I had gotten around to listening to this entire album, bomb track quickly became one of my favorites because that was also the time when I was uh brushing up or learning how to play guitar etc. And oh, I remember wow. that picking pattern for the intro that <laughs> yeah, immediately like you guys obviously those those listening to us can't see it but the two of you here can see my hands yeah. air guitaring and air air basing right as such to it because immediately those are the these are the riffs and these are the songs that I learned my instrument on right it's just very captivating for a young person to listen to and then especially put in the context of somebody who's trying to figure this world out this metal world out and instruments etc at the same time it becomes that much more of a rich experience definitely a plus for me uh any closing the comments about this particular track no none none okay moving on to probably my most <laughs> the most favorite track for most people who have ever heard this album killing in the name of <laughs> um, before anyone goes there before anybody goes anywhere fuck you i won't do what you tell <laughs> <laughs> but i'm telling you when you hear music like this when you're 16 years old till date it's kind of shaped me into the kind of person i am so but i want to hear what animesh has to say on this okay. really okay all right of course that chorus is the war cry for anybody who ever wants angry music 
or music that reflects your anger, music that reflects rebellion, music that reflects anguish, music that reflects oppression. Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me is a war cry. Yeah, and the yeah, fact yeah. that it's repeated so many times, it's, it's a fucking banger of a track. Weirdest thing, this track, Killing in the Name of, used to be always played at Hard Rock Cafe in Bombay after 12 a.m. Once they did their YMCA shit, <laughs> right? The very second or third song after the YMCA shit always used to be killing in the name yeah, of. That, that DJ knows what's up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this was his fuck you, I wonder. What you tell me to? Literally. Uh, but I mean, clearly, it was them aiming to make it an anthem. There was no doubt about it. But it was them making it a Rage Against the Machine anthem. It wasn't exactly, them yeah. making an anthem that would maybe like, you know, mobilize like masses or like, you know, uh, just get mosh bits going or anything. It was just them saying that, hey, if we ever make an anthem, this is what it's going to sound like. And um, it's perfect. Yeah, it is. Uh, I'd like to bring in something that I found. Uh, this is a quote from Tom Morello. It's taken from a Metal Hammer interview, which he did a long time back. It says, Killing in the Name is the most important song on this record. It's taken on a life of its own that's, re that's uh, really separate from Rage, where it's become one of the rebel rock anthems for people who are on the front line trying to change the world. I don't disagree at all. Dude, I mean, like, you know, we can... And this is my notes, but I have to say this. We can do a complete episode just dissecting, just dissecting this, this track. one track. I know it's got it's got great guitars. You really begin to hear what Tom Morello was going for on uh, with his guitar sound because it's on this one that you are actually exposed to. If you listen to this album for the first time, you're listening to Rage Against the Machine. It's on this track that you begin to see the innovative use of the kill yeah. switch and all those lovely little effects and stuff that he does. And they just do it so effortlessly on the track. Exactly. So yeah. it would surprise anybody. I mean, it surprised me the first time I heard Imagine it. Imagine this is their debut album. Huh? Right. Like th It's not like this is their second or third album where, you know, they experimented. This is like yeah. they got it bang on first. I mean, for me, since you mentioned the solo, right, around the four minute mark, what what I found very cool when I, was, when I keep listening to it, every time it never, you actually hear Zach go, Come on. Like he's literally like egging him on. Those vocal hits yeah. are the best vocal hits also on a metal album. Also, this I found really cool and I was watching the video just to see it is the cowbell hit in the start. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, yeah, guess what's coming next? And boom, it hits yeah. you. It's funky, it's groovy, as, yeah. it's heavy as fuck. And I think this is one of those songs, irrespective of whether you're a metalhead or not, yeah. You've heard it. You've heard it. Yeah. It's I an think, anthem. Yeah, yeah, and I think at the same time, because it's an anthem and because it's arguably Rage Against the Machine's most famous song, I think it comes with its own weight, you know, like 27 years later, you yeah. know, like uh, it just comes with its own weight of being that song that everybody knows. Yeah. And then you're just like, that's not what the song stands for, you know, like somebody yeah. will just play it at a fucking college show and you'll just be like, yeah, it'll the bring hell? the entire college community together. I weirdly enough i remember this being done at wilson college the one of the first shows i ever played in and some band decided to do this song automatically the principal etc wasn't happy about it but you couldn't stop the kids from having that yeah. time of their lives it was the biggest act of rebellion they could have ever dreamt of at that particular age or at least in that particular context True, and that really says something though yeah about rebellion it's in really college. really really powerful music I mean, it's music that you can take to anybody and he instantly will get riled up or he instantly will get, you know, energized or just 
aggression. But I don't know if you guys remember this. Uh, 2009, uh, somebody started an online campaign on Facebook, which I say is probably the best use of Facebook ever. This. They wanted so basically. Typically during Christmas time, you'd have the X Factor, which is yeah, like okay, show. yeah, yeah, yeah. This this <laughs> this entire news event. Yeah. yeah, and then they actually went to number one. Yeah, and, this and was like, which resulted in the band reuniting yeah. to play that show. Yeah, and that was so brilliant, dude. Like True. I still go back watching that video sometimes. It is so cool, man. Yeah, and wow. just to think it all happened because of one guy on Facebook. <laughs> so, uh, quick grades, Peter. Eight. Triple plus for me. Eight <laughs> triple plus if that's possible. It's eight triple plus for me too, which moves us on to take the power back. Track number three, very fart based to bring that shit in. <laughs> I'm surprised of how three songs in. There's no let up of energy. Yeah. Right. That's my first comment on this. What about you guys, Anurag? Um, I think like it was when I saw. I heard the song only on the album because it just obviously wasn't the most popular yeah. rage song. um and when i heard it on the album you know you're hearing it in order so like you're expecting you know you you're hearing all the songs you already know and then now you're hearing this song i mean and i assume it's different for a lot of people you know like maybe some people heard the whole album in the first shot but so this track comes across as you know like them just sort of furthering what what like has already been set up um but it doesn't feel like the most powerful raid song that's what it, feels. it it definitely has that conviction and you know it has uh you know that signature sort of energy to it but it still doesn't to me at least feel like the most like you know convincing um rage song okay so allow me to take that point and just add a little bit more to it um i if you are an attentive listener by this point in time you kind of realize the template or the songwriting principle the structure that rage against the machine is going for it's always going to be intro verse 1 chorus verse 2 chorus solo verse chorus maybe <laughs> build up epic outro yeah sure right yeah. and that's kind of like the rage formula uh that being said i i honestly i think this is a really cool track it's it's as i mentioned there's no let up of energy the riffs are excellent the lyrics are excellent uh those vocal hits man bring it down the other way oh my god it's a banger of a track so grade wise for me it's still an a plus It's a fantastic track. So I'll tell you why it's an A for me. First is just that initial part, but again, for me it's about the lyrics when it comes to something like this. I mean, for me another lyrical gem as I've put it, which I can't remember which verse it is, but it goes it's the beats and the lyrics they fear, the rage is relentless. We need a movement with the quickness. You are the witness of change and to counteract we got to take the power, power back, back. Yeah. and it's like for me this is like the soundtrack to act- activism man which when i'm listening to it so many years later and looking at the state the world is in i'm so fucking glad rage is back because this is the soundtrack that we need this is the kind of music i want people who are currently like 15 16 to be listening to yeah like, it's I, yeah i mean i f- i feel like maybe for like i guess where i come from like it feels like i said lacking a little bit of conviction maybe because i feel like a t- um, a sort of like an expression like take the power back is an oft heard expression yeah. mm-hmm. but then obviously in my case i'm hearing it many many years later in 1992 it was probably like a very very you know like like a ballsy thing to say uh you know like it did in fact probably have a lot of conviction 
um, I'm sure it was something that, you know, was also good. I think that Zach seemed to have borrowed from hip hop, you know, like yeah. take the power back. So um, like in that sense, like, like you said, like I love the lyrics, man. Like I think that's why it's an A for me still, even though it might lack like compared to the rest of the tracks, but it, it's still an A for me. Yeah, and like it completely shows borrowing from hip hop, yes, but also the fact that Zach used to be a frontman for hardcore projects yeah, before yeah. Rage Against the Machine. Definitely the lyrics of those words are influencing what he's saying here too. Alright, track number four, this is Settle For Nothing. Peter, first thoughts? This is the first track where you actually are like, Okay, am I listening to like the same album? <laughs> At least the start because it's yeah, a very it's the like first dark, song that's very sonically very dark, doomy kind of thing, and it's such a contrast to it. And plus, I don't know why for me when I was re-listening to it, and now in the context of listening to other music, also it felt a little grungy with like you know the loud soft thing going for okay. this track. That's okay. how I felt it. But again, you know the lyrics: if we don't take action now, we settle for nothing later. Settle for nothing now, and we'll set for nothing later. I mean, like, that's such... Like, this guy is basically, like, it's poetry in there, but with the contrast of just marrying with, you know, heavy lyrics, I mean, heavy riffs and stuff like that, which, if you think about it, even now, how many people are really doing, right? Underground authority. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, snap. (laughs) Also, Also, dude, like... The solo that Tom plays around the three-minute mark Mm -hmm. is so strange. It's like the most, and there's one more solo I noted. It's kind of like bluesy, right? So for me, that's why overall, while the lyrics work for me, and that's the main thing, why this track is really a B. Right. I mean, it's interesting you say that because like, I felt like because the sonics were not so in your face with this one. Okay. I felt like the lyrics like spoke to me much, much more effectively. I think it's finally a track where it's time to peel those musical layers and put them a little bit aside to actually hear what's what Zach is saying. Yeah. In case you haven't already. Yeah. Yeah. Take that message to heart. Right. Mm. So what's your grade Anurag? Before I tell me. Thank God. Because it's an A for me too. Yay! (laughs) The one thing I love about this is the fact that it definitely uses one of Rage's biggest strengths, which is the power of repetition. Yeah. Right? So that entire outro section is as Rage as ever. And uh, my, my lovely little lyric from this one, the one that I really like is... Um, if ignorance, if if ignorance is bliss, yeah. then knock the smile off my face. Um, yeah, it's not the best or the most powerful song on this, but it's not a bad song. It definitely continues what's there, uh, what's been set off from track one, two, and three. And so you definitely needed look at it from an album kind of a perspective. You need that slight mellow down approach, which I think the track does beautifully. And but still, it packs enough punch in it. So yeah, a definite A for me. Uh, which moves us on into track number five, Bullet in the Head. Groove and Groove and Dance are back, baby. <laughs> Full power. Yeah, I mean, it was just it, like even, even this was, I think I first heard the live version of this song on, yeah, on the live yeah, album. Yeah, this is one of their bangers live. True. And like when I heard it in the live version, like obviously, you know, there, there's a little bit of like that audience sort of feel yeah, that you get course, from it. Yeah. And not even that I was listening on headphones or anything like that, but. 
like somehow like this track just felt like yeah like this was made to be played live to like thousands of people and again like you said maybe it does it still does follow the rage template you know like the, it does it definitely yeah. does yeah but but yeah i mean it still felt like i don't know just something felt different about it even though like that's yeah. what i think this album is to me like it just feels like sure maybe there's a formula but there's always something in the mix that makes it like just really powerful yeah this is the one this is the first song actually i think in which tom really shows us what the guitar is capable of because he's using that uh, digitech vami pitch shifter and he's using a wah wah pedal etc almost throughout it's it's a very iconic uh, solo as well as a riff as well as every other section of this song itself is like for somebody who's learning how to play guitar you you can't believe that a guitar can also be played this way right it's so on that aspect itself it's an i i still don't me. believe that it can be played that way i i, I have to still see it to believe it man dude, i think at this point also whoever's still learning the guitar if you show them this stuff and i was reading like somewhere comments where some people actually didn't even realize that's the guitar i used to do this so many times because as soon as you become a fan of this band right how is what's the best way to introduce people to this band you you make them listen to these solo sections and you ask them hey do you think that's a dj or do you think that's a guitar and everybody will say dj unless they know it's tom morello or it's a scraping part and all exactly but then you make them see the videos <laughs> yeah. and then their minds go like <laughs> <laughs> and like you it know what literally is bullet in the head yeah and <laughs> what you said about repetition is also very valid here yeah. because like that's how the song ends right i mean it's just like it's just such a i mean again that was what was that's what worked for me here more than you know the other yeah, other songs i love the fucking outro holy fuck is that a heavy as fuck outro i think it's the instrumental equivalent to a really powerful chorus and i'm only talking about the music yeah. the one that builds up what then actually follows just later on which is a really powerful chorus on its own you're talking about like after the 3 minute mark right i'm talking about the end of the song yeah Uh, when the bullet in the head refrain that keeps yeah. on repeating yeah. just before that there's just a build up of the riff tung 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 no the, the shit i keep confusing it with bomb track but yeah. that riff for me that's the part that saves the song really for me like oh, that's that, a part yeah that that oh man i don't have words to describe it it's it's such a it's it's so easy but that's the thing it's so easy and yet it's it's got so much energy to it for me this is a definite a plus a plus me to b plus fuck okay good cool. see and this is what happens when you're exposed to the band from sound garden audiously or audiously just like you yeah. yeah. just like jump he just jump like one generation behind <laughs> but but all like right, if all we right. if we were still doing cassettes we would now be on side b yes side b over. which starts off with track number 6 know your enemy and it's very weird that this is a that's the sets of side b and it's just another bomb track yeah and that's how they started off right exactly <laughs> it made, totally makes sense what they were doing i like found out much much later that maynard was on this track <laughs> yeah me too me too because I, it's whatever maynard's part is is maynard's very being very maynard yeah, yeah it's very maynard it's very maynard but yeah even me too i didn't make that connection until much later and it was uh, i heard the live version first but maynard was not obviously in of the live course, version yeah. so yeah. i and was the live version like, doesn't really hold up to the studio album because oh, yeah i mean that that I was know, i felt i haven't heard the live but i felt this would be like one of those great tracks to watch uh live and like 
you know the whole thing that uh, Zach has with the audience is like he can literally like hype you up. Of course, uh, yeah. yeah. I love that Skyish kind of a rapish kind of an intro, which is which you've not heard on track on side A at all. Hmm. And then, oh my God, it really turns on its head when those uh, when that distortion kicks in and the heaviness just fucking envelops you. Oh my God. Yeah, uh, I mean, but it's really something that has to be said about the way Rage uses rhythm and. Um, like i think that's where that funk metal tag sort of came from yeah, like yeah, i didn't buy it so much at first but then when i heard it, i was like yes like you know like this does have elements of funk as much as i haven't heard i hadn't heard that much funk at the time so i was just surprised that like it could be categorized that way yeah and then again tom's that lovely little siren sounding guitar effect that he does somewhere in the middle yeah like uh, three minute mark that's just i like, mean yeah and and, yeah. and, after, and that follows up you really so, analyzed this to the dude, very second edge yeah, man, because like that's the thing. I'm going like, wait, wait, where's he playing this? And I want to like, I literally went back to a lot of the tracks. And again, one of the reasons I went back is more lyrical gems, where it's something must be done about vengeance, a badge and a gun. Because I'll rip the mic, rip the stage, rip the system. I was born to rage against him. Like, this is like straight <laughs> fist in your face and in the place. I'll drop the style clearly. Know your enemy, man. This and is this Genesis, is like, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, and I really like just you hearing you say that, like, gave me like goosebumps, man, because it's like even the outro was just like so powerful because it's just Zach just almost like saying these things. He's not even rapping. He's not yeah. even angry. He's not shouting any of these things. He, it almost, I mean, by now, at least in the album, you're just thinking about how this is his natural voice. Like, this <laughs> is how he talks. Uh, and his default yeah, mode like is... he gave a megaphone to an activist. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. his default mode is pissed off, basically. <laughs> um, and it was... It was just so powerful and I remember quoting that the end, uh, the outro lyrics, yeah. uh, all of which, which are American, American dreams. dreams. Yeah. And I remember posting that on Facebook one day and like one of my cousins from the US just like her and she was just like, what are you talking about? Like, come on, like, that's not the American. <laughs> like, how dare you? You know, she was just like, come on, like, America is great, dude. Come on. <laughs> I was like, but no. I mean, you know, if you see, like, coming back to the context of where they were, the kind of stuff that they were going through and all. And again, looking at their backgrounds, dude, I mean, like, Tom Morello, I think, has a PhD in for Little Side. So these guys, like, it wasn't just, you know, we need to sell an album, let's kind of make it. It didn't this, seem this like a gimmick. I think that's that's the beauty of yeah, this absolutely. song. And not just this song, this entire album, or what essentially is Rage Against the Machine's catalogue. Yeah. It didn't seem like a gimmick. Yeah. At like, the time. At that time, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, the conviction which kind of comes... <laughs> Nothing. No, I think I think we, I think we just got a little bit caught off because of. Yeah, at we'll the get time, back to it. Because I think let's discuss that aspect of it at the end. Once, sure. once we wrap this thing up, true. right? Then I mean, we talk about legacy. True. Yeah. I mean, but but like, yeah, just just that outro itself. Like, uh, I feel like you know, if you say all of which are American dreams, like if you replaced it with all of which are Indian dreams or something like that, you know, it's it just holds up just as well, which again yeah. shows that. Um, even though you said there was so much context to it in the US, like it truly became a very global album, you know, yeah. like uh, with with a lot of global messages. All right. So quick grades. Peter. It has to be an A, man, for me. A. A plus. A plus for me too. Fuck yeah. Now we're All coming right. to track the Track number seven. Full disclosure, I began to hate this track because it was the theme or title song for Launchpad Volume <laughs> 2. And that's the show that I used to work on. Uh, does that make it a bad track? Not at all. I'm talking about Wake Up. So, 
I did make a boo-boo in a way because this track I heard on the Matrix soundtrack and didn't actually know who the band or anything is. And back then you're not like, you don't have that much access to the internet. Yeah, there was no Shazam. Yeah, or anything of that. So I was like, okay. And it was one of those, you know, heavy tracks you offhand hear. In and you hadn't even heard of Audio Slave at that point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are not going to let this go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. Again, you know, the solo that comes uh, at the three-minute mark, you've got, again, stuff like movements come, movements go, leaders speak, movements seize, when their heads are f- flown, because these punks got bullets in their heads. Again, you know, he's making references. But for me, you know, the thing that strung me the most, and I went back to this song recently with everything that's been happening in India, and the last lines that he says, it's just like, how long, not long, because what you reap is what you sow. And I posted this up on Twitter and a lot of people kind of got it because I was like, you cannot keep your eyes shut anymore. Like, you know, that bridge is kind of like broken or whatever you want to say, man. But (laughs) (laughs) Because you said that, I have to tell you guys the story. Um, During college, we went to some inter-college festival where there was a poster design making competition and some theme we were given, some whatever bullshit college, college yeah. festival kind of theme and you're expected to come up with a poster. And it's, it, I, I still remember, shout out to Elvin, if you're listening to this episode, you'll remember this. Um, both of us are struggling just to find words. What do we write in a, what's supposed to be a poster that calls people to, you know, come, that calls for people to come and together and do this. And immediately that lyric came to my head and came to his head at the same time. And we ended up doing that. But that's just the thing. Again, easy to understand lyrics will help people understand not just uh, an issue, but help them get them interested in that issue. Yeah. Right? And I think Wake Up does that while being a fucking bombastic track. It's the smoothest track on this album, I think. Um, and one of the most memorable and the most instantly recognizable because of that solo, because of that breakdown, because of, of that opening uh, riff. Yeah. yeah, well, just the way because that. Because of what was the price on his head. Yeah. <laughs> because of the storm, because of the calm that follows the storm, because of the fucking storm which brews up again towards the end of the song, and because of that fucking outro. True. I mean, just the way. That song starts itself is, I mean, obviously because I've heard it so many times. At yeah, especially track. in India. <laughs> yeah, especially in India. Sure, and especially yeah. in India in general. Um, it just, yeah, it just feels like a reckoning, man. Like it just, it is. yeah, it, it feels like the start of something that just can't go wrong, you yeah. know. Like, yeah. So the first time I heard it, I was just like, yeah, this is this is my jam now. <laughs> <laughs> like thirty seconds in, <laughs> this is my jam now. Okay, so quick for me, it's an A double plus. A plus, man. A plus. Good. Glad to see you're finally coming around, Peter. <laughs> All right. That takes us on into track number eight, Fistful of Steel. Should I start off? Yes. Please. Yeah? Okay. Weakest song of the album for me. I think that's because the groove here isn't something that particularly makes you dance or move around. It hasn't got that kind of a vibe to it, largely. And partly because that high squeal or note that accompanies most of the verse is super fucking annoying. <laughs> tween, tween. I, I was just gonna say does anyone know what effect that is because <laughs> it's like at one part 
it's like a screeching part then there's like a scrapey sound yeah true i'm sure it's, sure tom morello was not worried about anybody copying uh, yeah. his <laughs> technique it was like i don't need to copyright any of this it's the one track that i'm most likely to skip if i'm like skipping songs of this album but still having said that i'm still rating it an a minus i have it an a and again when he says stuff like vocals not to soothe but to ignite and put in flight my sense of militants like it's straight up like stuff that he's telling you in there <laughs> yeah 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 it's not a bad track yeah, yeah it's just somehow doesn't have the same energy as the previous seven songs true i mean i feel like it comes in at an odd time but it's still like i guess at that time it was rage trying to put together a track that says we're not just about this formula or we're not just about maybe yeah a certain way or maybe they wanted to make sure that they have enough tracks for the for an album it could be i mean yeah. but i like it's very strange because like and i'm kind of preempting here but it comes at a very odd place even though it's a b-side track right considering how the next couple of tracks we're going to discuss are so i'm like okay why this could have been probably like later on just yeah. sequencing wise it's yeah. just a little maybe. odd for me Well yeah I mean it could have easily just been like a bonus track of some yeah, sort exactly. which yeah, just yeah, makes sense yeah. but on its own I guess yeah it feels like it was rage trying to say that you know this is our debut album we do need to show some more <laughs> than more than this I suppose maybe it was them trying to be a little more ambitious uh, which I guess yeah I'm still going to give like you know points for so it's still going to be an A for me A lovely which moves us on to the penultimate track that's Township Rebellion Cowbell and Mosquito Baselines <laughs> like, like, this is the thing right when this comes like the second last song especially when you're now listening to it on streaming you're like okay wow like because typically the way it is in the streaming world now is you you know you listen to the first few tracks or whatever but when you put it in the album context you're like oh wow these guys still kind of got it and again lyrics cuz i'm all about the lyrics on this uh-huh. album why stand on a silent platform fight the war fuck the norm come on man <laughs> yeah like when he says stuff like shackle your minds in your left on the cross when ignorance reigns ignorance reigns life is lost fuck this is the kind of stuff that you know clearly he's been working on this for a while and it's matured in there he's got this ready and i guess he found the right people to kind of deliver the message with right yeah so, i mean i feel like this kind of song was a uh maybe a template that like maybe rage uh, sort of like when they made their future albums they sort of saw this song and i feel like you know just like the sort of almost tribal sort of stuff that's yeah, going on yeah. just like the more beat oriented stuff like i think they used that more or like they sort of learned from it and sort of used it in their future albums but on this album on this i guess specific instance it wasn't as powerful but i guess you know it's a debut album it's it's 1992 so i'm going to cut them some slack <laughs> <laughs> what a tight motherfucking fart groove for uh, the chorus man yeah. that chorus itself is so fucking killer that scream of anguish at the end is awesome my first really big complaint and this is obviously nitpicking it but uh, there's this fantastic second guitar that appears when uh, uh, on the last chorus um that if it i don't know maybe because it's the only it's only appearing at that time which is why it sounds so much more better right but if that if that part itself was on the previous choruses or on the previous sections of the song too it might have just made it a really re- like that that instrumentation that you're looking for in yeah. a rate song by now 
you would have definitely you, you would have gotten to that point so yeah quick grades for me this again is an a minus a still an a fuck awesome which leads us into the last track freedom yeah right <laughs> <laughs> freedom <laughs> yeah right dude the build up after the lyrics where he says anger is a gift at each part like that whole repetition like the first time you're like whoa but the second time you're like oh i should have expected it and he <laughs> just keeps going on and that's a cool thing we kept talking about the repetition that they have yeah. even you know that solo that he has like in the second yeah. minute it is so unmorello right <laughs> i think I, this I th- it's my favorite solo of this entire album i think this was their opus in many ways like i mean i dare say hmm. because it was still underrated for its maybe its length and just like maybe how they constructed it mm-hmm. so much like mm-hmm. i mean a let's face it like none of these songs are radio friendly so <laughs> that's yeah. not happening i think but i think what makes them radio friendly is not the instruments i think what makes it unradio friendly is the lyrics random right. song links yeah. <laughs> and which i guess you know american radio at least used to censor a lot of stuff so they were exactly. fine with carrying yeah. this kind yeah. of i mean i guess they were still yeah i mean they were still radio uh, on on the radio yeah they were but a song like freedom i feel like again like um it was a track that i heard in uh, the studio version also but like when i heard the live version mm-hmm. um it was just yeah it was it made me feel like yeah i should have seen this band when i had the chance and i'm like literally listening Definitely. to the album that they recorded before they broke up at the time in 2000 so like just the way zack says your anger is a gift on in the live version yeah. especially man like it it feels like man he's like you know it just feels like a riot is going to break out like right after the show yeah, completely i love this song for different reasons too it's very close to me because it's one of the first songs that i always generally use whenever i'm jamming i've played it with countless drummers i've played it with countless guitarists at countless jam sessions because it's such a it's such an awesome 4x4 groove yeah it's it's a, it's a beautiful thing to just jam along with people it's beautiful in that regard and i love the dynamics in the song the slow the fast It almost seems to me that there's a I've never actually analyzed it in that degree but I think there is a tempo shift that happens between the slow parts and the uh slightly faster um chorus not chorus exactly because I I don't know whatever that that yeah. the part that follows the verse or that uh, immediately precedes and then leads off from the slow parts in it um the quiet build up to the entire chorus that solo as i mentioned is the best solo on the entire album for me and of course that outro holy fuck just bring that shit in <laughs> to that time and time again i mean the way the <laughs> album ends like makes me wish that imagine just being there when they recorded that stuff man or like what while they were jamming that you just want to be there and it's destruction like it's destruction nothing yeah. else i mean i can i i think about like how they were probably playing this song to maybe end their sets which they which they did right yeah. and I, like imagine yeah, playing definitely. this before they recorded the album that <laughs> you know just capturing that intensity on an album is really commendable like i didn't yeah. think anybody could capture this level of chaos and just pure raw energy like that like on on a record which was it, it was really intense like I, i didn't think i'd like heard like that intense a song in quite some time when i heard it all right yeah. so quick grades first 
A plus man. <laughs> yeah, A plus plus. A plus, double plus. Two plus. <laughs> Which means, holy shit, we have our first all A album. And we still haven't even gone to <laughs> looking at our artwork and legacy. Yeah, yet. we haven't even got around to doing that. <laughs> sure. But just with ten tracks, except for the two tracks that you rated B, Peter, Anurag yeah. and I have rated each and every song at least an A minus. Two beats and one. And you have rated all the other songs A and A plus is two. Fuck. This, this is. And to achieve this on episode number fifty of Honsa. It took us fifty episodes. <laughs> And three sessions with Anurag, Anurag to finally yeah. arrive at an all A's album. This will go down in history, gentlemen. I'm sure. By the way, we went through a lot of albums. Remember our WhatsApp? True. The shortlist was quite something. Yeah. yeah. It ranged from so many diverse things in metal, and to finally True. come across this but, one. But like Rage you said, the metal self-titled. Yeah. True. I mean, and, but but like you said, like no better time to look at this album, you know, than right now, you know, uh, like in the current context and stuff. Like it was, it's. It was the right album to pick to just sort of analyze and see that it's. I mean, as a lot of Rage's discography catalog, it just holds up. Like you sing it today, you sing it probably 50 years from now. Like, unfortunately, that's the state of the world. So it's still going to be yeah. fucking relevant. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right because that's 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 something this album has been has constant as. Consistently been able to achieve the fact that it is super relatable, no matter what time you're listening it uh, at. Yeah. I mean, in terms of years like, of the world, old, old timers, old timers would call this album a classic. <laughs> it is a classic. It is, it a, is classic. a classic, and rightly so, man. But it's not classic rock. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck anybody else. <laughs> yeah. All right. So quickly, um, artwork, etc. It's such an iconic photo. Yeah. Right. Very easy to recognize. I think whoever was doing. All of the softer side to rage, which is besides the music, everything else that's involved in making a band and a brand, they were hitting all the right notes. True. I mean, it's it's the kind of cover that you know your parents would look at and be like, "Yeah, you're not getting that." <laughs> <laughs> and and the plus, the rebellion the begins right there. <laughs> plus, plus the you know obvious uh, parental advisory stickers. Yeah. So yeah, there was definitely. St- this is what. This is around the time that started, also, right? Ninety-two, yeah. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was, man, and um, yeah, it was just it was just a very powerful album artwork, and there was real, you know, it's not something that was like necessarily staged for a band album cover, no, you no, know, which definitely. I don't think there was a lot of precedent for in metal. I'm not entirely sure that you know that they used a historic sort of photo for artwork. Like, I don't think. Uh, well, we'd ha- I'd have to I look mean, into it, but is that I mean, there's nail bomb one, right? The And and also sure, the entire black rage? metal thing with uh, sure of course <laughs> that story which I'm not going to mention on air yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, of yeah. Well, but we're talking about like I'm talking about like more like world history kind of stuff you know like it was it was very much in the space of sort of like sort of taking us using a snapshot of something that happened in history and putting that on an album of course and it's and it's really appropriate I mean like I'm thinking. Anyone who's discovering the album now, it not only it gives you a glimpse not only into America or the state of the world at that time, but like we keep repeating, it's very appropriate for today's time also. So it's a great album that way, and it's legacy and and three Indian guys sitting in Bombay discussing this album twenty <laughs> eight years ago. I mean twenty eight years later is testament. You know what? I've never actually seen this album on store shelves in India. Oh, I've seen the others. 
Yeah. I remember yeah. seeing the others. Maybe definitely. it was always sold out, dude. You never know. Oh, it was like, like all the all the cool stopped. parents bought oh, it. Or oh, oh, it was <laughs> like one of those rhythm house guys, or someone was like, "Ha, ah, I got the album and hid it in the back somewhere." <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Um, legacy. Right. We've already done this. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. It it yeah. remains relevant. Definitely. It cements Rage Against the Machine as one of the most iconic bands ever. right true but like you said like i mean like we sort of touched upon before like it makes sense to sort of if you see it today and see what rage has become today like yeah. it still makes you think uh like maybe just a smidge about you know like who who is who are rage against the machine today like yeah, who are obviously. the members of this band what are they involved in what are they not involved in what are they ignoring you know like you think about all that and you like are these the same i mean i think eventually you land up at the question of thinking about like are these the same guys who wrote this record are these the same guys who believed this stuff who you know did all those who who did a lot of like you know like uh, daring sort of stunts on stage and stuff like you know and like you really think about yeah like what about right now you know like what why can't rage still do something like this i think that's a very valid point but here's not a counterpoint to it but another um, thought process or something of that sort which is um what's the purpose of art as such the purpose of art is to at least for me is to get an opinion out there or to make your stand on a particular topic make make your voice heard in some kind of a manner and then however the world interprets it let it interpret it um rage has managed with this album rage has managed to construct something which will forever be associated with rebellion which will forever be associated um and has cemented its place as one of the albums to go to if you just need to vent right so at one level yes while i'm super happy that they've done this i think it's such a i think because they've done it in such a fucking fantabulous manner you then begin expecting them to do this in their own life as artists it's a difficult people. album to live up to definitely it's a huge album and it's a huge statement to live up to and that that expectation only happens when you cross that line of oh my god this is what will define me yeah right? and you know when you do it very that's early that's scary that's yeah. scary Yeah, that's scary for any human being. Exactly, I feel. but you know, talking about legacy, when I still listen to "Killing in the Name of," I'm suddenly like close my eyes. I'm 16 again. <laughs> I'm not. I even, hate the. I hate the world. I hate everything. And I don't bit. get into even the age factor. Yeah. As soon as I play "Rage Against the Machine" or especially this album, I just want to fucking hit stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it it it. it appeals to the animals in all of us for some weird fucking reason i think it has to do with the fact that the riffs are super fucking groovy they are so simple to follow yeah and to top it all off they are unique they are innovative it's literally you're exposing yourself to sounds that you wouldn't have thunk if that is i'm going to use that word yeah you wouldn't have thunk could be done before and at the same time it's preaching a message which you ultimately end up understanding by the time you're uh, finished with the album no matter if you're listening to it even as a bystander right yeah i mean 
and i feel like like you said like i mean by the time he says freedom you know yeah right like i mean you know what he's talking about exactly. by then yeah. i mean if you don't then you probably weren't listening to the album you know <laughs> like no um, then then probably you yeah yeah you weren't like, you like weren't, for me you weren't one of the things i really, of attention to it one of the things i really miss out is uh, i wish i had like a cd or i'd come across a cd because one of the things i used to do always would be open that booklet read the lyrics go check out the band pictures or check out all that stuff Yeah and unfortunately I got it as a burnt <laughs> CDR right sure. but it would have been like really cool uh True, but hey you know what yeah. it's thanks to the audio slave album that I actually checked okay, this out Okay okay we got this right it's all right But I mean you know and it's it really needs to be said that um like this this album didn't have any precedent uh you know yeah. and at the same time I don't think anything that came after this even match this not even by rage you know like yeah, not even there by were rage. bands who maybe like you know emulated their um sonic intensity just like the riffs or just like you know just the way maybe they wrote songs but nobody had that combination and nobody had just yeah that intent as much as as rage against the machine on this album yeah quoting an article from vulture uh rage telling you that the police were riddled with white supremacists rage telling you it was time to take the power back you can think of the brexit slogans take back control make america great again what's happening right now in the country with all the caa stuff that we are seeing uh, and just the general discontent uh, woke or slept red pill uh, red pill or gray wolf sjw kkk urban naxals anything of that sort it is time to wake up it's time to know your enemy whomever they happen to be near the end the cry for freedom followed by an ever cresting wave of dissonance distortion and screaming the meaning of rage was hopelessly divided against itself this made it the ideal soundtrack for a civil war i think that best encapsulates the legacy of this particular album absolutely and there's still so much more to talk about it you guys have heard i'm assuming of um the entire audiophile uh fandom that this album has Oh no, I haven't actually. Wait, which part are you talking about? Now you've suddenly <laughs> No, so this album is supposed to be, okay? Uh and I don't think this is actually true, but this album is supposed to be so well produced, which it is because everything feels organic, yeah. right? It's so well produced that many audiophiles use it to test their systems or to test their headphones. I used to do it too, but nice. mainly because I used to fucking love Lock playing Rage Against yeah. the Machine. <laughs> Rage Against the Machine and especially uh killing in the name of on big ass fucking yeah. speakers why not it's yeah it's the perfect way to get everybody writing <laughs> <laughs> so yeah take that one with a pinch of salt we haven't even spoken about um how it essentially sets up the entire genre of new metal yeah dude and like arguably arguably yeah because you know faith no more was still around yeah yeah okay yeah and yeah but, well if you were to trace back roots you can you say I've heard the I've heard the thing of Sepultura being a I was going to yeah, say that new <laughs> metal well I mean that way you might as well like oh yeah walk this way <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, yeah no, no totally no, no, no you did <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah but that that I think is a separate conversation uh, to itself but that's the point it's such an iconic album that uh, there's still a lot more to talk about in fact so much more to talk about that I think we'll have to do maybe two or three episodes talking about all the various facets this album has touched so many people's lives but I'm still maybe. super 
proud and super happy that we've hit the first ever All A's album on Hansap, and it's all thanks to you, Anurag. If you wouldn't have suggested this, we wouldn't have done this. I'm, <laughs> I'm already raising my horns up here, Anurag. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. Yeah, I mean it was. Yeah, I'm really glad that we did like a Rage Against the Machine album. Basically, I think like if we'd done any other one, yeah, like, maybe we would be a little more divided. <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe. But this one, oh yeah, definitely. So with that, it's a wrap on this episode, episode number five zero of Horns Up. Anurag, you want to quickly tell people where they can find you? I'm on Anurag Taggett at uh, on Twitter, and uh, I'm not on Instagram. All right, so that's Anurag for you. Uh, you can always always look us up at hornsuppod.com. Till the next time, horns up. Horns up. Horns up. <laughs>